stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Tony Gapastone. I am live in Redwood City, California. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a writer and a director and an actor. And I am a Caucasian man with some brown hair, sporting some glasses today in a studio that has the word Brave Maker at the back. Uh, love doing this show every week. If you want to connect with me, I'm on all the socials. Feel free to find me at Tony Gapastone, and my website is TonyGap.com. I am always with my friend and collaborator and now producer of my next feature film, Christina Ray Jackson. Ah, it's so exciting. <laughs> What's going on, Tony? I'm Christina Ray Jackson, and you can find me at Christina Ray Jackson on Instagram or ChristinaJackson.com. Head over to my website, check it out. I put up all my cosplay there. So if you're not an Instagrammer, you can go to the website. I'm coming to you from Dublin, California, and it is a beautiful sunny day. I'm in my studio. I'm an African-American woman, and I'm rocking some wild salt and pepper curly hair today with the Wakanda top on and always the gold pow chain representing the comic book uh, life here. And um, oh, and I'm in my favorite power chair by Will. You lo- I love it. Moms did the hair. You know, Shirley went for it. We like drama. And I think she nailed it. Nailed it. Look at good. Right on. Well, every week, you know how we start the show, Christina. How are you braving your way toward your creative goals? Two ways. Pitching, pitching, and more pitching. What is it? ABC. Always be closing. Tony and I, this is like pitch week. We've been um, nonstop pitching now for a couple of days. So that's getting, what's fun about that is you get better and better. It's like nerve wracking when you first get in and start jangling that cup and asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> and after a while, it's just like it's old hat. Like this is what you do, you know, and and you get more confident in what you're doing. So pitching and the comic book, I missed another date. And so I'm not going to announce a date, but I will say it'll be out by the end of March. Yay! <laughs> and I'm still moving forward with that. I'm not going to let it get me down. You know, it'll come together. Love it. Right on. Well, I am doing the same as Christina as pitching. I have been asking, asking, asking and making meetings. Like my meeting schedule has been pretty full up and I don't, I don't mind it. I like telling people about this next film that we're doing. Uh, We're interviewing for crew roles, uh, cinematographers and sound recorders and really trying to be intentional with the cast, obviously, and the crew that we're hiring for Go Veronica Go, which is our next feature film. So that's how I'm braving my way, just uh, asking, getting out there, making these connections and trying to put the right team together. It's been really exciting. Christina also, we're doing this thing every Friday, uh, which I'll say the power of asking is why we're in this. It's kind of like a, a master class in a way or in this creative mm-hmm. cohort that cost a lot of money to get in, but we <laughs> just asked for a discount and we got it not only a discount, but a two for one deal. So Christina yeah. and I are in <laughs> this thing and it's just so good. So we're learning a lot. We're it is. It's so good. Yeah. So go after Beautiful your, your community. Goals. That's right. Go after yeah, your goals, right. go after your dreams, y'all. 
keep doing it. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit. And we want to say thank you to all of you who support us to do this work because we love it and it's a gift. And Mm -hmm. today we're going to talk to a director of uh, a new film that is available for you to watch on Amazon Prime. And she's also a Bay Area filmmaker, which is cool. She said her film is a love letter to the Bay. Let's welcome Amy Glazer. Welcome, Amy. I love your hair, by the way. So thank I, you. I, I, I'm I'm weaving it in, so I hate to go off. Let it go. Yeah. Figured, why not? Wise women unite, and you're young, so you get to pretend to be wise. <laughs> thank hey, you. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Believe me, mm-hmm. I know how hard it is to ask for money, to raise money, to make a film on a very very small budget. Um, there's there's thank God. I've been nice to people all my life because it takes a lot of friends to uh, to support your dreams. So good for you. Thanks for and saying I, that. That's a that's a really good yeah, point. Thank you. Right. I, mean, the- I didn't pay for one location in that film because I mean a friend of mine does colonoscopies and he let us have his. We turned it into a birthing you know room and you. It's just it's kind of interesting how that works and and a bookstore where I've been shopping my whole you know, for 28 years, handed me the keys and said, do the last scene in here. No problem. Just leave me the key when you're done. So, wow. Amy's coming in hot, dropping gems straight out the gate. Yeah. That's but amazing. So, you know, cause my other hat is I'm a professor and I try to enable young filmmakers, you know, and old filmmakers, you know, because I, I came into this late cause I was a theater director for 30 years. I mean, I'm still a theater director, but that's mm. kind of what I did until I decided to have an affair with film. So, <laughs> and it's so yeah. beautifully. <laughs> no, but well, Amy, um, we want to jump. Uh huh. Go on. No, go, go. We want to jump right in with your origin story. We'd love to know where were you born and raised, and oh. how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the beautiful work you're doing out here in the Bay Area now? Oh, that's that. I, I, that's an interesting question. Well, I was born and raised in Miami Beach, with a lot of time in Manhattan. Um, and my father had a film society, so uh, he was bringing, my brother and I would just sort of take tickets and then watch every Bergman film and every Fellini film, and, and, and he, he was sort of, they brought culture to, to Miami Beach and, and to Miami. Um, they had sort of fled during the McCarthy era, so it, it, they moved you know, from the East Coast further south to Miami. So so there was all that. And there was a real political world around us because my parents were very involved in the civil rights movement. And, and so um, as a child, uh, we loved film. And my uncle was a producer and he produced 12 chairs and Take the Money and Run and the film called The Producer. And my brother and I were on the set during that entire summer that they were shooting it with Mel Brooks and Zero Mostel. And um, I think that's sort of where it all began for me. Are you all there? Can we I- are here. I, I was sorry. Muted. I, was I having- love that because we we usually ask, are you first or second generation filmmaker? And you are a second generation. That's wonderful. Second generation. And my brother is also a filmmaker. He's a director and a screenwriter. And he's the angel on all my films. Mitch wrote The Recruit and Great Expectations and um, gosh, a lot. But but uh, and and he 
he produces. And so he's always like there script doctoring for me and, and helping me get Cheryl Crow, his dear friend to give me a song in uh. beautiful River, and Bonnie Bishop. And, you know, so, uh, Steve Jordan. How fun. So he's, he's a big rock Yeah, that is guy, so fun. Yeah. I don't think we've had sibling filmmakers on the show before. That's so cool. It's really helpful. He's, you know, I'm his first read and he's my first read. And um, it's it's kind of neat. So people get tired of hearing. My brother thinks, my brother said, but it's like, <laughs> I'm always going to be his baby sister. And I'll always say that. So they just have to get used to it. But um so, Amy, Love your that. film, Beautiful Dreamer, also known as a surrogate, we're going to watch the trailer. It was in the Frameline Film Festival. And if you are watching us live or on the replay, you'll see it on the screen. If you're listening to the audio version, you will be able to, to hear it. So stand by as we bring up the trailer. Very proud of the reframe. Classic. We're pregnant. Oh my God, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. How far along? 32 weeks. Wait, eight months? Which is the other thing, we got a surrogate. Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for thee. Beautiful dreamer, queen of my song. Sarah's mother gave us money. We told her it was for the kitchen remodel. It's your mom. Don't get it. So, your pregnancy, I, you've gained a lot of weight. Honey, you really want to be careful with that. It looks like I'm going to be seeing you in a few weeks. Wait, did you just say you were coming here? She's coming here. So how do you go about choosing a surrogate, Billy? You want to see her? Surrogate's hot. I feel like I feel like I'm faking it. Cervical irregularities are about one in one hundred pregnancies. What causes this? Previous damage from miscarriage, any number of factors. I I didn't do anything. She's a pregnant stranger. What does she do when she's alone? Scarf hot dogs and chain smoke? I think you're overreacting. Oh, you do. We could lose the baby. Your mother needs your help. You can't stay here. When exactly were you going to tell me? I don't know, Mom. Maybe never. For obvious reasons. This is a nightmare. Sarah? Sarah! It's all good. I got you. Boundaries, Billy. To use the womb of an underprivileged woman. Seriously, shut up. <laughs> Legally, Crystal, with all this crazy drama that's going on, she could claim maternal rights if she wants to. Hey, Billy, why do you have these pictures of me on your computer? What? Oh, those. Billy, what are those pictures? You know, you saw those, Sarah. No, no, I absolutely did not see these. They were part of our research phase. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I kissed your girlfriend. Excuse me? It just happened, and I feel like this is the best time to tell you. I knew you wouldn't tell her. You knew? I'm just here to do this job. I'm not anything else for any of you. Beautiful dreamer, awake unto me. All right, let's get into it. Beautiful dreamer, now called the surrogate on Amazon Prime. Christine and I both watched. Let's talk about the making of this film. It started out 
as a play and then it was adapted, right? Right. Patricia Cotter wrote the script and the screenplay. Um, and, and, um, and then my producer, Lynn Webb, and I worked with her in adapting it and making it look like the Bay Area, look like mm-hmm. our community. Um, and so a couple of things I want to say, because you, you said something um, that I thought was interesting. You, you said you are very mindfully crewing up and, and casting your film. And, and that's what yeah. I was saying in the beginning, the, the recla- reframe um, classification at the front means that we had like over 50% of women working on the film and of people of color. And, and on top of that, I'm a professor and uh, a lot of my students who are both women and people of color at San Jose State were also working on the film. So um, I, I, we were very mindful about uh, creating the same community that we were watching in the film. I wanted that represented behind the camera as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you talk about the process of working with your mm-hmm. screenwriter? And I definitely want to talk about the complexities in the in the actual process, but also even in the story presented some complexities of having babies and, and relationships and sexuality and all these different things that you were playing with. But let's talk about just things that you learned. We always like hearing best well, practices that have developed mm-hmm. from things that didn't work out well in the making of it. Cause things never go right when you're making a film, it seems. Well, you have to, um, in this last film, uh, there was a, we had a blessing in the beginning because we shot in Hawaii, Kumahina. And she said, nothing will go as you expect, but what is unexpected, if you embrace it, might be the happy accidents that, that are at the heart of your film. And, and I think that's very much, um, how filmmaking is for me. It's very serendipitous in that way. And if you go with it, sort of like waiting for that set of waves to come and you just go with it, um, it's, it works. This was very much a collaboration between um, the, the, the original uh, Patricia Cotter and Lynn Webb, my producer, and me. Um, but at some point as a director, you have to make it your story. You have to find you know what's yours in it. And I always have this sort of, I call her my script doctor that I work with who, who kind of helps me because I, I don't think of myself as a writer um, for the most part, but um, Terrell um, Seltzer. And and so, but they we're all women and we all had input and ideas. And, and so at the helm, I think it was me always going back to the story and the narrative and what story I wanted to tell and, and you know, whose story mm-hmm. it was and what was at the center of it. And, and um, but... But I have to say that that it is a collaborative art form, and um, and and the bones of of the story were Patricia Cotter's, and and I then hooked myself to that. I um, had some you know years of of struggling with infertility. I ended up with mm-hmm. one child um, whom I adore, but uh, but it's funny because the one character everybody they like her arc, but they don't really like uh, Sarah. You know, nobody likes Sarah. But every time, like, a friend tells me, I don't know about Sarah, I keep going, I'm Sarah. I was Sarah. But when you were shooting yourself up with hormones and taking all this, you know, better living through chemistry, make a baby somehow, when you're doing all this stuff to get pregnant um, or to hold on to a baby, 
you're crazy. You're, you're, you're stressed, you're paranoid, you know, I mean, hormonally, you are just off the wall. And I was so proud of um, Jen Mudge, who played the role, because she was so willing to, to be unattractive, to be me at that stage in my life. And I, I was so grateful for that. Um, I love actors. I mean, because I began as a theater director, I, I love you both. I love actors. And for me, <laughs> I, I won't even notice. Someone will have to tell me that there's a boom in the shot because I'm just so lost. <laughs> I love that. It's just who I am and it, it's what I love. And, um, and I think what made me transition ultimately, even though I'm going to do a play this summer, but from film to theater is that mm. in film, I got to direct twice. I got to direct on the set. Yeah. And I got to direct in the editing. And when you have good actors, even when you only have 18 days or 21 days, which is, you know, normally what I shoot a movie in, you're able to get enough colors and, and enough opportunities in that rubric and in the way you can cut it together that it becomes a whole nother joy and dance, you know, that, um, anyhow, so, so I have to say that's, uh, um, I think that's what makes me love, I love them both, but what made me sort of leave my husband, which was theater, for of 30, 25 years and move over to my lover, which is film. Mm -hmm. Because I, I like, I like hanging onto a project longer than it takes to throw it up on the wall for the stage and open mm. it up at sick opening night. And then the reviews come in and either the man's clapping or he's not, you know, I, I just, this way it, there's like, there's time to live with it and to shape mm -hmm. it and to sculpt it. it. It's more mindful for me. Now that you've had a chance to live with it, do you feel like the part of the story, and I'd love for you to clarify, what did you want viewers to take away from the story? And do you think that that is, is what's happening now that the film is out and available? Well, there's one scene I missed that just kills me where, where they were, they're watching home movies of the child in on a bouncing uh, room and they're talking about how great their child is. And every time my friends talk about it, even now, like so-and-so got into Harvard or I just, I wish I had that scene because it was so satirical and it so reminded me of, you know, the, that culture, what happens to you when, when they're your children, you become crazy for a while. Like every, you know, my child is the genius and my child is the, um, anyhow, but, but so, so I missed that scene, but what the story was about for me was, um, about extended family and about best friends. And, and for me, it was an homage to a best, my best friend who's not with us anymore. He died of suicide, but, but um, so, so, and I wanted it to be platonic, you know, I didn't want there to be any sense that there was something between, and that's Aaron Daniels, you know, who, who plays uh, Margaret and, and um, Louis Osawa who plays Billy. And, and, I, I, so I feel like at the core for me, but then, you know, this picture of the blended family, I mean, to me, that's what it's about. That's, I have extended family and it, it saved my life through the pandemic and through making this film and, and this next film that I've made. It's, it means a lot to me. And, um, and I felt like the film at its core is about that. It's about through thick and thin, getting through it, you know? Mm -hmm. Through thick and thin, yeah. As I was watching it, I was just noticing the 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 first of all, 
love San Francisco, seeing the bridge and all the, you know, like I think they were eating eating in North Beach one day. I don't know. I couldn't tell, but I was like, they're oh, Perry's. Just... Well, there are Perry's. It was supposed to be more North Beach in the script, but we went wherever we could go for free. It was sure, free. sure. <laughs> our pre- well, you our got... Maurice Cambar of Cambar Entertainment, like eats there every day. So that was our little, we tipped our hat to him and went to Perry's. Well, and those great. are all my students. So every person you see in the background, oh, kind of uh, he, he, they were all the, um they were all my students who who came on in busloads to to support me um so it was kind of lovely talk can you talk about as you know you talked about loving working with actors but what are some things from from set that you can talk about there was some you know there was platonic connections, but there was also this, these jealousies between these two friends as they were mm-hmm. grieving the fact that life was changing. You know, there's two women who are in a relationship that are getting married, but then there's this, I don't want to spoil things. There's this wondering if there is more, there's all these different yeah. complexities. And then you've got a, a, a woman who's being a surrogate who kind of said she does it for extra money and that complexity of there. And like, do you trust this person? And all these different things were sort of baked in these really challenging relationships mm-hmm. at a very high stress time, you know, it's a, a baby coming into the world. Right. Right. Well, you know, people said that it was about too many things, but to me, it was about the messiness of life and, mm-hmm. and all those yeah. things con- conflating in a way. Um, and yet somehow they got through it. Like even in in the jealousies and in the that that with all that, there's a kind of forgiveness of our imperfections, including the mother-in-law. You know who? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I guess I I could say that in some ways I felt like I was every character in this movie. It was like a little psychomachia. It was like I was <laughs> everything. And 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 as such, I felt the the super objective was to just find that connection to just get through to just figure out what we're supposed to do next and 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 to somehow blend all the colors in and make our differences kind of beautiful you know um mm-hmm. i mean working with these two women it was so glorious i mean the thing is i'm an actress director so i really care about nothing else other than are you a good actor and and so some of this came to pass because Jen and I had worked together on my first feature film. Oh, we were supposed to. So this film came out just was finished just as the pandemic hit. And wow. we, started, we were supposed yeah. to have our world premiere at the San Francisco International Film Festival, which felt so perfect. We love San Francisco. I am San Francisco. My other film had been in it. Um, so, you know, we were so excited about this, you know, Lynn Webb, my producer and I, and then they canceled. And, mm. and, and then, because of the pandemic. And then we, mm-hmm. we were in another festival that, that ended up pivoting to a drive-in movie theater, which is that picture of, of them all at the drive-in movie theater. But, um, and then the world stopped. It was like the day the earth stood still. And I kind of thought it never was going to come to life. So when you say, how do I feel about, about it when I look at it and does it tell the story I wanted to tell? It does. And I feel so grateful. And um, and every moment for me, these are snapshots of such joy. The shooting of this movie, because it was they were great actors and many of whom I worked together. But like I was going to say, when I called Jen Mudge and I said, who could play your husband? And she said, you know, I just 
worked with this, this man. We've, he's played my husband twice now. He's a really good actor. Why don't you look at his, his tapes? And I looked at his stuff and I just went, oh my God, he's wonderful. I just fell in love with him. And, and so that was her husband. And, and it was serendipitous because that is what the Bay Area looks like. And he was supposed to be a computer geek and it all just worked, you know? Um, anyhow, so, so, uh, so I have to say there was a lot of joy on the set. There was, there were some naughty things and, and some like things that we had to do because like, we didn't have the right, you know, like I don't, I don't do well with no, like they, they wouldn't let us shoot in a certain place. So we, we forged things and don't even ask. My, my, Ooh, Amy, work it. We would always say, get your trench coat ready. They're going to, they're taking us in and be, be ready to like put on the trench coat and, and walk through without a comment. But no, but you know, Indie filmmaking, guerrilla filmmaking is not easy. Guerrilla filmmaking. That's what I was just, that's what I heard. How to get the shot with Amy Glazer. Grab your trench coat. Never take no. Never take no. But um, but I was enabled enabled by my producer, so so it worked great. It was just like, um, yeah. And it was all women. We were all, I did not realize. Now, here's what happens. This is the problem when you said you're a white man, and, and that's okay. Some of my best <laughs> friends are men. Thank but you. I, I just want you to know that for years, white men have been telling the stories. And of course, they're telling the stories about themselves because that's who they are. And that's kind of their what they know. And I did not realize until the day that we were shooting that moment where she says, Billy, what are these pictures about? Uh, but until that day when she was shooting that picture, uh, I mean, that scene, um, Louis said to me, because, you know, I'm feeling a little tender. This is like a little stressful, this, this moment. It is the climatic moment where he, you know, the, the obligatory scene, who do, did what with which, to whom and why. And, and mm-hmm. I turned to him and I said, don't be ridiculous. We're, we're a family. We love you. We're just going to play. He said, I'm the only man here. And I went, don't be ridiculous. That's crazy. He said, I'm the only man in the movie. And I went, you are? <laughs> now, I have been living with it and working on it and, yeah. and it never occurred to me. I literally, it never occurred to me that it's true. He was, and he was such a great sport and such a sweetheart and, and such a brilliant actor. I mean, they're all just brilliant actors. It was such mm-hmm. a fun ensemble to work with. And at the end of the day, that's really all I care about. And then there were all my people from the Bay Area. So Joy Carlin, who plays the nosy next door neighbor. She was great. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> yeah, she was great. <laughs> and and um and Ann Dara, who played uh, uh, the friend of of Wendy Malik on her when she shows up with her broken foot, and Amy Resnick, who plays the therapist, who's a Bay Area gem, um, you know, and an actress that I love and I've worked with um, many times. And there's Wendy. There we all are. And and that's my former student. Now she works in the field, and she was our our uh, camera head. Um, so that it was like it was like a very much a, a girl's team. My my cinematographer though, who I have to credit, who just shot my other movie. We've done four movies together. Uh, Jim Orr. He uh, he's like my second half, and so he and I mm. do this dance that that's really incredible. And it was edited by the great Rick LeCompte. And these are all local, wonderful. Well, Jim is from LA, but Rick is is a local um, editor who edited a couple other films of mine. So it, it was, it's just like the team. We get the band together. Oh, my art director is also, you know, he, he had done a few. So it, it was like getting the band. There's a Yiddish word called Alta Kakar, which means old shitters. I got all the old, the old team together and there we were. 
Oh, sorry. Maybe we can't say that. Sorry. You could say that. It's all good. We're we're adults here. Who can handle it? <laughs> so well, it makes me happy when I think about the film. And I hope people watch it. That's that's what I want. I want I Amazon want Prime. Go to Amazon Prime. I told Amy an email. Ironically, I executive produced a film called The Surrogate as well that's on Amazon Prime right now. So there's lots of surrogates out there. So watch them both. The one by Jeremy Hirsch and the one by Amy Glazer. But yeah, can you, um, I want to We're just actually having more. some issues with that, uh, but hopefully it will be straightened out soon. But IMDb has, has uh, me listed as the director of one of the horror ones. I, I don't mm. know if that's yours or not. Um, no, it's not. David wrote me and said, uh, why are you credited as the director of my film? And I'm like, oh my god! So we're wow. working. <laughs> yeah, I noticed in your your IMDb description, it was a like a ghost horror or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, no, that's all wrong. <laughs> don't, don't go there. <laughs> but it'll be fixed. They promise. I, so I, let's okay. let's talk some quick details. Bay Area filming. You said 21 days. Uh, anything you can talk about? Just your your scheduling. Things that you learn. Things that you would do different next time. I love hearing tips and tricks from directors about what didn't work and what did work. And by the way, uh, shout out to Catherine Smith McGlynn, who's your actor. Uh, she's a friend, and she was on the show, and we connected because of her. So we're grateful that we have well, you because of her. She is amazing. And working with her, I mean, this is what I'm telling you. This is, to me, that's, I would rather have a $300,000 budget. Not that that's what it was, but I would rather have that <laughs> ultra low budget and be able to work with actresses like Catherine and Aaron than all the pyrotechnics in the world and actors that don't bring the kind of authenticity and complexity and nuance um, that, that Catherine, that they all bring. You know, and it was such a gorgeous ensemble. Um, but I guess here's what I, one thing I can tell you is um, don't be afraid of wonners. Uh, uh, I could, trying to make our day, I don't even know if it was 21 days. It might have been 20 days. This last one was 18 days in Hawaii. But but trying to make your day when the light is going down and you're having problems and you're trying to get coverage, especially when there's lots of characters in a scene, um, is problematic and, and is long and is arduous. But if you can, if you have the right ensemble of actors and you can get the timing right, you can do it in a one and you can save enormous amounts of time. You just, you just choreograph the one with the cinematographer and, and you, and you just, um, rehearse it a couple times, which gets everybody into the right rhythm. And I guess this is my background as a, a theater director. And then you go for it and, and you live or die. You get two or three takes <laughs> of it. And that's that. But my, you know, my go for the oneer. I love the oneers. So Can you point to where we saw that? Sure. So, so the scene where she's brushing her teeth and her water breaks. Yeah. And then she goes into the laundry room and says, "Oh my god, my water breaks!" And Jen goes, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And they start running through the hallway. And you know, obstacles are your friends. So always give yourself as many obstacles as possible. They were redoing her kitchen finally, mm -hmm. and we had so I stuck a, a plastic and we redid everything so that we had, and I got a couple, my producer with a saw to stand up on the, uh, in the kitchen and be sawing. You know, I just, everything changed because we were going to shoot it, you know, in, in little fragments. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so, and then she goes through the kitchen with my brilliant cinematographer, Jim Moore, following her. And then, 
and the plastic falling back on him and we're all running behind him. And then Wendy Malik hears and takes the things out. He follows her, he, she, the girl comes out, screams. He, we whip around, catch the screaming girl, whip back, catch Wendy walking, walk out with them over the shoulder. And then just then we see in, in, in the background, um, Aaron Daniels arriving with this big toy doll and the neighbor in the background. So you have all this long access with this great background, mid-ground, foreground storytelling happening. And it all happened in a third of the time we were done early that day. Um, and, and, and it was the brilliance of a oneer. So that, that's something I can share. Great. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Look out for that scene in the film. That is so fun to know having it, seen it. And now to know the technical side, how you shot that, that's very cool. All in one shot. The only shot we break into was, was the, the moment where she, she goes, wait, let me get a picture. And they all turn around and look at her like, are you nuts? And I had my, my uh, AC take a picture so, and from the same place so that we could use the picture later. But, and it's my favorite scene. So I guess what I'm saying is don't be afraid to, to think improvisationally and things shift mm -hmm. and change. That's the other thing, you know, sometimes if we weren't making our day, I would conflate two scenes and put them in one location. I just, I just think mm -hmm. you have to be, you know, it's, you have to be willing to um, to pivot a lot yeah. mm -hmm. and to embrace the pivots, like I said, not to be afraid mm -hmm. of it, to, to just go, oh, right, because that was a happy accident that I feel gave this, the, the filmmaking um, a kind of grammar that, that I really uh, felt connected to and, and liked. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about relationship with your producer uh, and just what makes a good relationship with a director and a producer? Um, you know, it, it, I think each one is different. Um, I have a new producer now. I, 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 um, I think that that uh, a good a good producer is a creative producer, and and certainly Lynn Webb was that. And and um, you know, it's not just about the money. It's about because every choice you make that's about money informs what comes out in front of the camera. So you you want a, a producer who's going to get that and care and know. And 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 Lynn is somebody with a, a background in theater and a background in film who, you know, who who gets the art form. So I, I guess you look for a creative producer. Um it uh like you have like you have you just said that you have your <laughs> rights, right? You you want a producer who who will understand the difference in performance and and understand why you're pushing for a certain actress, you know, and 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 how to support the narrative and who, mm -hmm. who's going to care as much as you care, and not just about making money, but about creating a project like what you're about, Brave Makers. You know, it's yeah. way too much work. It's way yep. too hard if you're not putting something in the universe that you are proud of. Oh, I love it. I love it. You said yeah. care as much as you care. That's a big deal, right? That your, yeah. your team, your collaborators mm -hmm. care at the high level that you are going to be putting your time and effort, energy and money. Can you talk a little bit about money? Uh, we've got lots yeah. of fun. We're fundraising for our second feature here, but we've got lots of fundra uh, lots of filmmakers, a part of the Brave Maker community. One uh, that it currently launched her Seed and Spark campaign. Shout out to Keisha Brooks uh, yesterday yeah. uh, to raise we money for her first. This, this last film that I just did, Melly, which I just yeah. shot in Hawaii, 
I, it feels like last week, but but that um, uh, had a seed and spark. So we did do seed and spark as. Um, Alice, any 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 ideas that that helped that helped you raise the funds? Anything that you would mm-hmm. inspire other filmmakers uh, as they go out to find the funds to um, make their project come to life? I'm hoping my plan. Who knows? I mean, believe me, I, I'm a baby at this as well. Um, this is only my fifth uh, feature, but but I'm hoping. Um, I, I I was ra- able to raise personally. I mean, through friends, through angels, and through this in this last project, and through the the, the woman who came to me, who plays the lead character in the in the movie, I was able to raise um, the the funds to shoot the film. But now I'm applying for a lot of grants for post production. So my feeling is always get it in the can, and then mm. and then. Um, and then write grants for post-production because like my hope is that it's going to be easier to get a grant because it's beautiful. It's the same cinematographer and it's in Oahu and it's about Amelia Earhart and Wendy Malick is in it again. And so I, I and it's a YA film, which I like. I like telling stories for our girls. So um, even though I don't have one, but um, and so um, I think that's my my plan. My plan is to to get what you can get and shoot it on you know, and, and try to stay in that extra low budget. Um, there's there's Jim Orr. That's my cinematographer and Louis Osawa. Um, uh, that's how we had to do all the driving stuff was French overs. And usually I'm down on the ground next to him, um, scared <laughs> to death. But <laughs> going, we drive carefully. You sure you know how to drive a stick shift? But um, anyhow, I don't recommend So, that. I don't so if what that. I hear you saying about the fundraising that I like is this idea that sometimes we don't have to raise all of the funds to make the film yeah. raise as much as get you can. It in and the then, can. Yeah. Get in the can. And I, I think say. there's also something to be said about sometimes like I've been working on a project with another team and we got to the place of like, we didn't get all the money that we wanted and we kind of been waiting, waiting to try to raise it. And we finally said, mm-hmm. we have this big chunk of money. Let's make the film for this chunk of money. Exactly. Make the film with mm-hmm. what you have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's what I just did with this last film. You know, I said, we could wait forever, but if you yeah. want to make this movie, this proactive young actress who wanted to tell this story, I said, let's just do it. We can do it. And I, and then I found, you know, an, enough to at least be able to, you know, to do it. But, um, and, and with Lynn, uh, Webb, I, I, you know, Cambar Entertainment was, was our, um, uh, which is, she, she is the head of Cambar Entertainment. Um, they, they financed that film. And, um, but we, we never have enough. You never have enough. But again, we did made the same decision that we were going to just do it on an ultra low budget. And poor Lynn, she gave up her house. So my producer, this is what a good producer does. And one of my actresses, they're, they're, they, they live together. And, and she, she gave up her house. Um, that's the house, that mid-century house in oh, the Hills. She had just bought it and I was in love with it. And I had been working on the script and I said, I, I can't help it. I'm imagining every scene in your house. And she was like, no, absolutely cool. not. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, so and, so and then and then sure enough, she finally, one day when we had no more money and we knew we weren't going to make it any other way, she said, okay, okay, here are the keys. <laughs> and then I started like switching things around redecorating her house. But I, I, I still love, love that house. So, anyway, there was that mustard wall mm-hmm. that I had them paint for some reason. I had this instinct about it. Anyway, she left, loved it and kept it. So. Oh, that's cool. All's well yeah, I love that house, the neighborhood, the feel. That was great. Yeah. Beautiful. Angela yeah. Davis. Angela Davis actually lives uh, right down the street from there. 
shooting Atlanta. yeah so it's a, it's a very cool neighborhood and it's it's a very beautiful house and i'm happy lynn has it and now that you know i mean it was sort of like in fact her, her girlfriend moved into my house to, with my husband because she couldn't stand it we were there all night and like early in the morning it was such chaos there but um but that's we made the film the way the film is and the way the Bay Area, that my Bay Area kind of family is. And, and that's what felt so authentic mm-hmm. about it. That even even the, the process, the process was as authentic as the product in my mind. We love to hear it. Go watch The Surrogate on Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. give it some love. Independent film, Bay Area film directed by Amy Glazer. Amy, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being with us today. Thank also, you. Amy, you teach at San Jose State University. You're teaching film. So yeah. if you want to learn film, look her up at San Jose It'll State. Be in for... my film. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Well, Amy, stay with us for our last part of the podcast where we give our favorite thing of the week. Brave faves, TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, mm-hmm. and things. Brave faves. So I just attended my first Sundance this year, and it was absolutely amazing, virtually, of course. And one of my favorite documentaries, I went hard for the documentaries, as Tony knows. They're some of my favorites. But one of my favorite was Aftershock uh, by Tanya Lewis, Lee, and Paula. I'm going to mess up the last name, Iselt. And this was just an absolutely uh, heart-wrenching documentary about the plight of Black mothers and black families in this country and the struggles that black women go through to bring babies into the world safely for themselves and for the mothers. And it highlighted some of the cases with some of the husbands who lost their wives really unnecessarily, really due to racism and and neglect and poor care for African-American women, just really unnecessary tragedies going on. So Aftershock, uh, it shook me. It's a phenomenal documentary. You got to check it out. Hopefully we can get them on the show. That'd be amazing. Uh, that's my brave fave. Definitely watch documentaries and check out Aftershock. It got picked up by Disney, which is amazing. I, it, it's so much fun to see the films, make it to Sundance. You know everything it took. And then they win. They they won at Sundance and then they got distribution. So that's the goal, right? As filmmakers, that's what you want to do. You want to make something beautiful, bring a story to life visually, get it picked up, get it out in the world. That's the the, the greatest goal. So that's my brave fave for the week. And I'll throw it over to you, Tony. So some of you know that in our current film, we have an actress, Allie Mills, who was on the original Wonder Years back in the 90s. Well, I just started watching the reboot of the Wonder Years. And ah! it's so delightful and wonderful. And it's a perfect time to pick up a new show in Black History Month, the first couple episodes where it lands in 1968. And it's just, it's so good. I laughed out loud. I cried. It is so fun. Watched it with my kids who are of the same age as the main character, uh, Dean, in the film. And it's just, it's so great. Don Cheadle narrates it. It was directed by Fred Savage and Lee Daniels is executive producing. It's great. So 
Wonder Years. It's been out for some some months now, but that's my brave fave. I'm so digging it. It's so great, so fun. Tony's always hitting it out the park. You can if he if he's given a pick, you could binge that show. Just rest assured, (laughs) you could binge it. I'm excited for that. That's awesome. I missed it. That's what I'm gonna watch. (laughs) Go check it out, Amy. What's your favorite thing of the week? Just a thing. It doesn't have to be a film. Anything you want, anything, brave fave, anything, food, restaurant, film, anything. I guess my favorite thing of the week was I had a little, um, a little Valentine's party with two of my favorite girlfriends and their husbands. We let them come and my husband. And, and it was just all of a sudden I sat around the table, kind of like my film. And I looked at how, how different we all were and how there for each other we were. And I just, remembered what matters in this world and and sometimes you have to want less to get more um and and it was something so small there was something so just small Mm -hmm. about it it's so enormous in terms of um i don't know just having family and having that friendship lovely simplicity friends appreciating Mm -hmm. what we have can't ask for more Amy, it's so good. Amy, don't go away. Stay with us. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of the viewers who were watching either live or on the replay. We're so grateful for you and your support. Remember, we're a 501c3 nonprofit Bay Area charitable organization. So any way that you want to support us, we welcome that. You can go to our website at bravemaker.com slash buzz, or you can use your phone and just text the word bravemaker to 44321. And I encourage you to go to our website. We have a screenwriting class coming up starting on March 2nd. So if you've been wanting to write a short film, myself and Kamika Hartford, our our screenwriting teacher will be teaching a five-week course on bringing your idea to life, getting it on the page, and then We can also help you figure out how to produce that film and get your filmmaking dreams uh, out into the world. Don't don't wait on this. March 2nd is when it starts. We'd love to have you. And we have what's coming up next week, Christina. Uh, We have a fabulous show for you next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tony, who do we have on the show next week? Actually, it is (laughs) slipping my mind at the moment. I'm sure it's a fabulous filmmaker. I think we I think we'll have to circle back on that because I don't know either. I always feel like um we we need to check the schedule to make sure, but we have somebody, yeah. so come back next week. <laughs> but we can we'll definitely always thank, be here. We can always thank uh our, our team. So let's do our shout out to our yes. team. Uh, absolutely. Let's thank our producer, Alex Todd. You're amazing. Our podcast editor, Bernal Amos, our social media manager, Carrie Alley, and our Brave Maker intern. Emerson Morley. Absolutely. I don't know why I wanted to call you a different last name, but I didn't say it. So thank you, Emerson and everyone else from the Brave Maker team. You guys are wonderful. You help us do the show every week and uh, and get to talk to filmmakers. So this is great. It's a dream job. Thank you, guys. Dream come true. We love doing this work. Mm -hmm. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, come back. Let us know when your next film, your Hawaiian film is out so we can talk to you about that. And hopefully if you're around in July, come to our film festival, July 7th through the 10th. Maybe we'll circle back with you because we're going to be doing a pitch festival and we're looking for students who have ideas and we will be having a pitch fest that has some cash prizes uh, from some of the grants that we're going to be getting in partnership with some of the organizations in the Bay Area to make more Bay Area films. I'll absolutely tell my students about this and about what you do in your classes. So absolutely, San Jose State, 
They're going to hear about you. Come on, San Jose State. Awesome. You can go yeah. to bravemaker.com slash buzz and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And we send out all good sorts of fun stuff, free films to watch and all the like. But that's all. That's our show today. Amy, don't go away. We'd love to take one picture with you before. But we always end the show by saying brave stories change the world. And you are the story. Bye, everybody. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>